Hello, hello, all you mystery maniacs out there. Welcome back to another fun-filled and mystery-filled episode of The Mystery Machine Diaries. Uh, I am your host, Brad, and as always, I am accompanied by a pup named... Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi. How you doing? Pretty good. How you doing? I'm great. Uh, but uh, welcome. Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, now, we really want you all to uh, tell your friends about this podcast because we want to get the word out about this amazing show. And uh, where can they find us, Chris? Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, if you search for Mystery Machine Diaries, we've got a, a lovely page set up. And you can also find us on Instagram at Mystery Machine Diaries. Awesome. And where can they download this show? Uh, you can find the podcast itself on, uh, what was the? Anchor. Anchor, thank you. Anchor.fm, um, uh. iTunes podcasts, and uh, Spotify. Jankies. Yeah. That is correct. <laughs> you win nothing. <laughs> uh, but uh, welcome back, everybody. We are still on a Scooby High, no pun intended, from celebrating ah. Scooby's 50th birthday. And we did so in style, didn't we, Chris? That's right. We sure did. We, uh, Chris and I, had a little uh, Scooby sleepover. Scooby-Doo slumber party. And uh, we tried Scooby-themed uh, drinks that um, we'll be bringing to you soon. I'm coming up with some uh, Scooby cocktails to enhance your viewing pleasure that we will go over as soon as they are perfected. And we ate way too many Scooby snacks. Uh, we had some pizzas with weird ingredients on them. Um <laughs> Why was there a swordfish on that pizza? As, as our listeners know, uh, I, I have a strange love for uh, large, disgusting sandwiches. I keep bringing that up. We made a few of those. But it was a lot of fun. Hopefully you celebrated Scooby's 50th birthday uh, by watching Scooby, by going down memory lane and uh, looking at some old photos uh, of the Scoobster. But uh, we definitely uh, had a great time. I'm also very excited because in front of me I have the Scooby-Doo Blu-ray. Ooh. And Scooby News, uh, that was your cue, by the way. I didn't know I was doing the Scooby News well. sound sting. In other news, I'm looking for a new co-host, so <laughs> that'll be a mystery we'll be solving soon. But uh, the Scooby-Doo Blu-ray came out a few weeks ago. Uh, I highly, highly recommend this. This is the first time Mystery Incorporated's been on Blu-ray, meaning the gang, not the actual show. But Scooby-Doo, where are you? From 1969, the original uh, series run. Uh, has been transferred into gorgeous, gorgeous Blu-ray, and uh, it looks even better than when it first aired. So It, it looks, does look awesome, and it sounds great, too. All the sounds cleaned up. It's it's pretty great. It looks almost like a brand new show, and if you've never seen the show, it's a great way to get into it, and if you love the show, it's a great way to revisit it. There's also some amazing special features on there, including one that we've mentioned before, which is um, they interview uh, Frank Welker, the original voice and continued voice of Fred Jones, who's done lots and lots and lots of voice work. And it also comes with a really cute, uh, I'll open this up. It's a it haunted, comes in a haunted house. It's a haunted house. It's really cool. And when you open it up. Looks great on the shelf. Oh, look at that little little Scooby-Doo Funko Pop. He comes like keychain little size guy. Keychain size Scooby. What's he holding? Uh, he's got one of his big old sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Chris, <laughs> Chris's favorite thing. It also comes with a really tiny Scooby-Doo encyclopedia. Ooh, the Scooby-pedia. And uh, it covers all the villains and all the people involved with Scooby-Doo. Oh, we got Dracula. We got 
Wolfman. There's a, a larger version, meaning uh, this one's kind of tiny to fit into the uh, packaging. But there is a regular size version you can also get. But uh, this this uh, is a great an addition. Uh, weirdly, though, there is no uh, episode guide. Normally, something like this would have an episode guide that takes you episode through episode. But that's why you have us. So that's right. So it's a four disc set. It does say which episodes are on the disc. It just it doesn't, does. doesn't give you anything about the episode, which is too bad. Right. And that's why we uh, have the Mystery Machine Diaries, folks. The art all over it is great. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. I kind of want one. It's <laughs> I gave you the digital copy. Yeah, but it's not the same. I, <laughs> want, I want the Scooby-Doo spooky house sitting on my shelf. It's pretty pricey. It retails for about 90 bucks. Well, I guess I'm sure glad I have the digital copy then. That's right. Uh, you can find some deals on Amazon and uh, you know other places that you shop. I'm sure through October they'll have some spooky sale of Scooby-Doo. They better. They will. Sure. Uh, it's great. I highly recommend it. If you uh, don't have that in your budget, you can still pick up for relatively cheaply. You can get uh, the entire run of uh, Scooby-Doo Where Are You for about 25 bucks. And it comes in a mystery machine. And it is available online if you just want to watch an episode here or there or, you know, try it before you buy it kind of thing. You can find it on Boomerang. Uh, you can YouTube a lot of the episodes and various clips and things as well. But we'd rather the people that did them get paid for it. Uh, <laughs> I know I would. Well, sure. <laughs> Which brings us to our next point. We do want you to watch with us, folks. This is, uh, this is uh, fun, but it's more fun when you play along with us and you watch the episodes. And uh, as Chris mentioned, all those places, you can watch Mystery Incorporated. And uh, it's also available on DVD. Not yet Blu-ray, but uh, hopefully once this podcast takes off, they'll see the thousands and thousands of fans who want it. I hope so. I know. I do. In other uh, Scooby-related news, I had you watch a little uh, little treasure the other night. Yeah, continuing my uh, Scooby education, taking me to Scooby University. Scoobification. Uh, Scoobification. We watched the first episode to, of uh, Scooby-Doo and the 13 Ghosts. We or did. Or Scooby-Doo's 13 Ghosts. The 13 Thir- Ghosts the 13 of Scooby-Doo. Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. There we go. Um, yeah, that was fun. I hadn't actually seen, um, maybe way back when in my childhood and I don't really remember, but I don't think I've seen any of it until just last night. And it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, I don't I, remember. I, I don't think you remember how mortified you were at some parts. Yeah, it's there's a couple. A couple bits are a little problematic. Not not gonna lie. Um, the the new sidekick Flim Flam, in of itself, yeah. that you you could do a whole podcast on uh, whether that would fly these days. Um, and I and I didn't really like how the Scooby da- Gang is now uh, Shaggy, Scooby, Daphne, and Scrappy. And Flimflam. End of list. Oh, yeah, and then and then Flimflam joins in. Um, still not convinced if he's going to be a permanent addition or if he's just conning everyone and is going to disappear in an episode or two. Uh, that seems to be his M.O. so far in the first episode. And uh, my biggest gripe is uh, Daphne's hair. Oh, yeah, and the weird jumpsuit. I didn't like the jumpsuit. You said it was the 80s. It I'll was the 80s. That. But I don't, I don't like She did have really cute ankle boots. Uh, so I'll forgive the jumpsuit, but the hair is uh, from one of the characters. It's directly taken from a character from Speed Buggy, the female. In that oh, show. that's why it looked familiar. I will it post okay. on uh, on the Facebooks and the Instagrams a side by side comparison of said characters, and you can judge. For What's yourself. the um, Speed Buggy character's name? 
I remember? can't remember right now. Lady Speed Buggy. No, she's the she's the Daphne of their show. Okay. And I knew it before I, I opened my stupid mouth to uh, talk about it. My favorite thing about Thirteen Ghosts, though, is uh, Vincent Van Gogh. Oh, uh, that he made the whole thing worth it for sure. And that is, of course, voiced by Vincent Price. We talked about him a bit in the 50th anniversary episode. But uh, yeah, it's uh, he's the likeness of the cartoon character Vincent Van Gogh is a, is pretty amazing to Vincent Price. And uh, we do get him on Mystery Incorporated coming up in a few episodes. Really? We do. Well, Not exciting. Vincent Price since he has passed away. But uh, there is a very uh, talented voice artist who we'll talk about once uh, we get to him. As Vincent Van Gogh? As or Vincent as another? Van Gogh. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And for my hardcore fans who are saying, why aren't you talking about the direct-to-DVD movie that came out a few months ago, there is a direct-to-DVD movie that solves the final mystery of the 13th Ghost, which the show never got around to doing because it didn't have enough episodes to do so. I think that's my favorite part of the series, having never seen it, is that it was incomplete and then finally finished up, what, 30 years later? Yeah. Because of some Scooby fanatics demanding the studio do so, which is awesome. And you'll you'll find out what happened to Flim Flam in that, in that movie. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I know you're very excited for that. That's all I could think about last night is what's going to happen to Flim Flam. But everyone hop back in the Mystery Machine because we are hopping in on our newest adventure of uh, the Mystery Machine Diaries. And this time it's Revenge of the Man Crab. Man Crab. Man Crab. Why Uh, not Woman Crab? And how do they know it's a Man Crab? Person Crab. Okay, well. Well, we'll get to that. Well, we had Gator People. We did have Gator People. But now it's Man Crab. Well, I don't know. Just saying. Because Man Crab sounds pretty good. There's even a part in the show where they kind of decide what his name is. They're going through different iterations before they land on Man Crab. Oh, yeah. They they call it a couple things, and then Scooby is a man yeah, crab. Yeah, it's pretty good. Scooby uh, coins the phrase. Uh, but this aired August 2nd, 2010. So, uh, once again, Mystery Machine the is now a time machine. People, the crab people. Yes. Uh, cra- craze. The crab craze was amazing. Uh Lobsters were at Lobster Fest was in, and uh, this episode, uh, briefly, uh, is about a man crab who is attacking Crystal Cove beaches, specifically um, a volleyball tournament in Crystal Cove. Specifically, attractive young ladies at the volleyball tournament at Crystal Cove. So that's a setup. Now, once again, we here at uh, the Mystery Machine Diaries don't just give you the overview of the episode. We we dig deep into the sand. See what it did there. Ah. And uh, uncover hidden gems about uh, the episode and things you might not have noticed the first 15 times you watched it. But uh, I did. So here's a few things. Now the show, the episode begins with two people at night on a beach, like you do. And there's, they're setting up uh, the tournament for uh, Mr. Trickwell. Good name. Uh, and Trickwell's Trickwids, which is like a sports water, which just sounds gross to say. It's it's a, a zero-calorie uh, diet moisture, I think they call it. They might sell that at Fruit Myers. Yeah. <laughs> the, sure. the the stuck-up girl on the beach at the very beginning with her boyfriend setting up for the um, volleyball tournament refuses a bottle of water, calling it fatty fat water because she wants Trickwell's liquid diet moisturizer. I like how you remember certain things of the episode. <laughs> you just zero in on uh, 
some uh, details I wouldn't have. Now, to go back to those 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 two crazy kids on the beach, uh, my fans of the 90s, or even of today, if you look closer at them, uh, they are Dylan and Brenda from Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, yeah. See, I missed that. Bam, bam. Exactly. That's why we do this podcast, my friend. And they even call themselves Dylan and Brenda. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, the funny thing is that Brenda is a not nice person, just like she was allegedly behind the scenes of Shannon Doherty. <laughs> and Dylan is completely dismissive of her and doesn't believe her. It's true. And uh, <laughs> this is not the last we'll see of those those two. They uh, they end up being, in many episodes, being the people, like the Kennys of uh, South Park, where they're always the ones that get- Constantly victimized. Constantly by... victimized by the monster of the week. Uh, and this time, Brenda gets sucked into the sand by uh, something. A giant- Crab arm comes out of the sand and grabs her and drags her under as Dylan insists it's some sort of practical joke. Which is a pretty elaborate practical joke. It would be really impressive. Especially in that town. Yeah. But I don't think she would care enough to do a joke like that. No, I, she doesn't strike me as uh, clever enough to pull that off. <laughs> she just wanted her diet liquid. That's right. And she was, uh, they're both taken under the under the ground. Crab napped. Crab <laughs> Arm napped because we don't know what it is yet. Oh no, no, no! He pops all the way up. You get a Does good, he? yeah. Oh. You get a good. You get your first why you're here. view of the whole uh, man crab above the sand. But the, now the episode, uh, if you didn't figure this out yet, the episode is heavily based on my favorite movie of all time. What would that movie be, Chris? Jaws. Yes. Uh, the shark this, this movie. This is stressing James Bond. This movie. Producer Daniel, I forgot to mention our meddling producer Daniel, and he's playing terrifying. Oh, make it stop! Oh. <laughs> if you could see him right now, just the music gets him visibly oh, flustered. It's great. Why? It's so good and terrifying. But uh, it is definitely based uh, an homage to Jaws, which I love that this show does things like that. And it's not even so overt as to copy Jaws because it's on the sand. But it's definitely, uh, as we'll go through, that there a lot of. Uh, a lot of similarities. But uh, the gang arrive at the tournament and uh, are acknowledged by our favorite uh, DJ, Angel Dynamite, who is broadcasting live from the event. And uh, they see costume Trickles Trickwood. Wow, that's hard to say. Trickles Trickwood mascot. He's just walking around bottle of water with freckles. Handing out. He's just hanging trickwins. out. Handing out uh, free water samples. His name is Bud. And, and uh, we find out, yeah, it's a non-fat liquid diet, no-calorie, gluten-free moisture supplement. Wow, Chris, there we you go. remembered that? See, I was pretty close. You were you only I forgot most of it. Uh, gluten-free, which uh, we should all forget Moisture about. supplement. But, yeah, that town has problems with real food. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby uh, state that they want real food, and they go to the clam shack, the clam cabin. Like you do. Like you do, uh, to uh, see Skipper Shelton. And Velma is, this is not a good episode for Miss Velma Dinkley. No, she's losing uh, some credibility in my eyes here. The immediate, first thing she says when they head out to the clam shack is something along the lines of, isn't that run by uh, Skipper Shelton? He's a freak. He's gross. Whoa. Yeah, Velma, come on. She's And she's pretty hardcore, and she's, she's laying into uh, Shaggy telling him not to eat any more junk food. 
And then Shaggy says, oh, he's a good guy. He's just running his clam shack. Just don't mention his nose. And that's the first thing she mentions. And guys. she walks up and immediately that's asks the first about his nose. freaking thing. He is noseless and is wearing a nose patch instead of like a pirate eye patch, which is pretty great. And this also is kind of a weird introduction to uh, the skipper because they've met him before. They act like they don't so, really know him, but they've met him before. So, on that point... Uh, there is uh, some chatter in, in the internets that, and I, I believe it, that these episodes were aired out of order. That does make sense to me, especially since this one's a pretty standalone episode. It does, it does, yeah, it doesn't change the show, but yes, some things have already supposed to have, ha- have happened and didn't happen and vice versa. And uh, yeah, also there's a thing I'll mention, uh, the clue they get, is uh, in this episode from Mr. E lends itself to uh, not being in order. But anyway, uh, Mr. Shelton's upset because he had to move his clam cabin for the volleyball tournament. So he had to move. Yeah, so. he's he's pretty mad about it. He makes a whole scene. So about first it. or second, he lost his crystal doorknob in the last episode and couldn't get the door open. And now he had to move his whole shack. So we've got motive right there. So... There's Shelton is now suspect number number one for uh, man crab. I'd like to say Blake Shelton, but it's not. That's, that's what I keep thinking. I keep wanting to call him Blake Skipper Shelton. Skipper Shelton. Now, all right, now we go back to the volleyball tournament, and uh, here's, here's a few inside things here. Uh, as the tournament begins, Velma tries to sit with Shaggy, but is thwarted by Scooby, which I love. Uh, once again, uh, Velma's trying to get with uh, Shaggy, Scooby, oblivious to it and having none of it and is inserting himself uh, whenever possible as a good dog would do. Yeah. Uh, Daphne sits with Fred and she's upset uh, by his fixation on the volleyball players, but he's really fixated on the net. That's right. Yeah. Because the netting is so, he thinks the netting would make a great trap. That would be perfect for traps. Yeah. (laughs) So that's a great setup. Fred, you weirdo. Visual gag. Now in this scene, there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of Easter eggs in this one scene when they're at the volleyball tournament. I only know one or two, and if any of you can uh, help me out with this, please, please uh, send a message to us and uh, help me out here. Because we see three little kids sitting in front of uh, the Mystery Ink gang on a bench, and they're really standing out to be just there. Yeah, they have very distinct character design. They're, they're in brighter colors. One's a ginger. You're supposed to notice them. Um, and I can only assume that this is a reference or character taken directly from another cartoon, uh, probably another Hanna Barbera. But yeah, I neither of us. And it really them. Uh, it bothers it, me. It bothers me because I, I like to be on top of this stuff, and that's why we do this podcast. Uh, also, uh, one of my favorite things about the episode: you get for half a second, you can see as the camera pans by. You see Pebbles and Bam Bam. Yeah, you get teenage Pebbles and Bam Bam. Which All grown is, up. Which is really cool. From the Pebbles and Bam Bam show, and standing they look great. just like they would. They don't say anything. And then. They don't have to. Then there are two cheerleaders who really stand out. Uh, one looks like Psylocke from the X Men, and the other oh, is does. a lovely African American girl in uh, a red and white bikini. And uh, hopefully. My dream, my goal is to. I've been in contact with some folks in, involved with the show. Hopefully, uh, I can talk to an art director or two and find out if these people are actually references to someone else. We're asking around, but if you know, let us know. That would be awesome. 
And the one cheerleader I do recognize is uh, one of the kids from the Chan clan, which was a, a spinoff, a, a pseudo-homage ripoff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not... I, Get this out of your head. I don't, <laughs> I don't know the Chan clan. This is new. This was a show, uh, Charlie Chan and the Chan clan. Uh, famous mystery solver Charlie Chan now has a bunch of kids in his family who are also a band, and they travel around the world solving mysteries as well. What talking animal do they have? They must have an animal pal. I don't recall an animal oh, pal. No. I'm sure there is, and uh, maybe our producer uh, Daniel can figure that out. But the Chan clan, uh, maybe not culturally appropriate anymore, but uh, they do go ahead and put that under the same tent flim as flam. Flam, yeah. <laughs> but uh, ap- apparently the kids go to their, their Crystal Cup High. They have a cat? The Chan clan has a cat. Does okay. the cat have a name? Okay. Something inappropriate Kitty. for podcasting, probably. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but yeah, it was a spinoff of, uh, not a spinoff, but you know, one of the many, many Hanna-Barbera. Not- well, no, because it was Hanna-Barbera It's from the same too, company, so it's, you know, the same thi- a variation on the theme, we'll say, kindly. Uh yeah, look it up on YouTube. You can't make this stuff up. Uh, hearing that song, you, you know you're in for a good time. It's a dog? A dog named Choo Choo. All right, all right. I'm losing cred here because I don't remember that dog. But uh, we all need a dog to solve mysteries, right, Max? Max, of course, is our mascot. He is a... Uh, we'll well, we need to put a picture of our dog on the... Oh, we'll put him on the Instagram. Yeah. He is... Uh, Half Husky and half Shepherd. And he's my Scooby-Doo. But uh, we also, uh, the man-crab attacks. And we they get the argument over, is it a man, is it a crab? There's a man-crab. Exactly. And Angel Dynamite, she uh, she grabs three CDs and throws them like throwing stars. Yeah, she busts out some sweet ninja skills. She, they she do bounce harmlessly off the man-crab who yeah. deflects them back at her, and they sink a good like couple inches into the wooden support. Like They do. Man-crab's got some serious power. I want to mention man-crab, too, so far is the most uh, athletic and physically terrifying villain. I think he's even scarier than the ghost truck. Like he's the he closest, jumps. Yeah, he's the closest thing we've had to real supernatural something or other. Like he's swimming through the sand like it's water. He can jump, you know, 15 feet straight up. And he has uh, one big claw and one normal arm yeah, size. Yeah, he's, he's crawling up and down buildings and stuff. Um, like he's definitely stronger than a person in a mask. And then they, of course, the Mystery Inc. gets away. They save those random kids. And uh, a female uh, player gets drugged and chased through the sand and taken away. Yeah, one of the players gets abducted. They so do this not is, save this everyone. Is, this is pretty hardcore. Like, you think that, that this person's dead. Uh, <laughs> and very Jaws, very Jaws-like. The the crabs, man crab swimming through the sand is very reminiscent of Jaws cutting through the water, chasing after people. Like, you see a kind of splash please. in the sand where he Daniel, is instead of, the, instead of the fin. Why, why, why? Oh, no. That's uh, pretty good. No, I shouldn't have told him that. I regret it. But, yeah, and also it looks like the first scene of Jaws where Chrissy uh, goes swimming in the water. She gets dragged back and forth by the shark uh, above the water. So uh, thanks, animators, for reminding me of that trauma. Uh, now, the, the sponsor of, of, of said tournament, his name is Peter Trickwell. Trickle, sorry, Trickle. And uh, he is voiced by George Seagal. 
Now, some of you, you, you mystery maniac kids out there might not know who that is, but he is the grandfather on the Goldbergs, if you watch that show. Okay. Very, very famous Hollywood actor. He uh, starred opposite Elizabeth Taylor in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. A uh, lot of classic films. And I think uh, that's... that's uh, And he doesn't really have that many lines, so for him to do that, I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that was uh, someone that famous. That's cool. And uh, another reason why this show is my favorite iteration of Scooby-Doo, because they just get these people who just fit so perfectly and are very, very I mean, famous. I no matter how famous you are, if someone offers you a part on Scooby-Doo, why wouldn't you do it? It'd be amazing. Everyone loves Scooby-Doo. Don't they? <laughs> it better. Um, now, the gang, of course, Mystery Incorporated, uh, wants to solve the mystery, so they decide <laughs> that uh, Skipper Shelton is uh, a suspect Yep. because they find a locker full of sand that has his name on it. So, okay. Um, that's a bizarre thing. Number one, why would he have a locker and why would it be full of sand? And uh, Fred has this amazing plan, as he often does, one of his brilliant ideas. He uh, is going to have Daphne be bait. That's right. Well, Daphne suggests a trap. Yes, Fred says, I don't know. Maybe we should make a trap. And Daphne's like, oh, yeah, great. Let's let the uh, the man say it, and then it's a good idea. Your memory of this episode is very good. You saw this about a week ago. Yeah. It's wow. a good one. I like this wow. one. All right. And then we get a, he, we get a flashback of Daphne's uh, volleyball experience of her getting hit by balls and avoiding the ball and not being good at volleyball. Not at all. But she looks about how I looked on my middle school volleyball team. <laughs> I felt that one. Please. Well, we need to post that. There's got to be pictures somewhere. You're, you're sure. a really good I'm parent, sure. so there has to be. Yeah. Despite really... my efforts, the team actually did very well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I, I, I need to see these photos. <laughs> uh, so there's a big master plan, of course, and Daphne comes out in a purple bikini uh, looking pretty hot. Looking good, Daphne. And she, she, she asked Velma to uh, lube her up with sunscreen because Fred likes shiny things. <laughs> <laughs> and he, she believes that will attract him more. And we get this scene of Velma rubbing lotion on Daphne's back. Uh, many, many fan theories. A bit seductively. Yes. Um, so, you know, that's that's good for the kids. And uh, Velma uh, and uh, all her uh, the theories about her sexuality. Um, and all are wonderful. She's she's Velma. Even though in this iteration so far, she's been kind of a bee. Uh, maybe that's why, though. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she's just She's why. working through some stuff. She is. Uh, but, yeah, Velma asks uh, Daphne for relationship advice. Uh, and uh, she has none to give. Um, and the... the the trap is set. The trap goes horribly wrong, as is the usual for Mystery Inc. Well, Shaggy and Scooby, as they are wont to do, accidentally trigger the trap early. And, and then they fall into the they boiling get stuck pot. They, they, they the get trap st- themselves. They get stuck in the boiling pot for the crab. Yeah, they get distracted and go get, to get food. And Daphne and has a terrifying scene of her getting drugged into the ground. Oh, she gets man-crabbed. She gets and, man-crabbed real uh, good. Yeah, the artist, the storyboard artist, did a really good job of, of the terror on her yeah, face. Yeah, it's kind of distressing. Uh, and uh, this, of course, horrifies Fred because not only does his trap not work, but he's sort of realizing he might have feelings for yeah, Miss Daphne. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cute if it weren't so uh, 
complete and an immediate a breakdown that he has. Yeah, and he starts he, digging. He goes to pieces. He's just digging in the sand, and they have to drag him away from it. And then we. Uh, a, what, what, what is his line? So, um, you know, we got to save Daphne. She's my best friend, and she was so shiny. <laughs> she <laughs> like, was so shiny. It worked, <laughs> Daphne. It worked. And uh, I hope we get a call back to that later in the series. I'm sure about her shiny, getting shiny or something for him. Yeah. But we get we uh, we go to Kegul now because that's where the kids hang out, not a malt shop. They hang out at uh, the best radio station in the world, uh, Kegul with Angel Dynamite, and Fred is digging into the floor of the uh, <laughs> he's still digging of the uh, the radio station because he has had a complete breakdown, and uh, Velma's trying to hold everybody together, and uh, Fred asks for a plan, and then said, "But you're the, the one that has why is no one thinking of a plan? Like, well, that's your job, yeah. dude." So they're calling him out, and while all this is happening, they get a clue from but, Mr. Uh, from e. Mr. E. Uh, they get a clue at the most inopportune time uh, when they're they're very distracted. Uh, the station's doorbell rings, and Scooby finds a letter from Mr. E. on the doorstep. It contains an old torn-up newspaper article about four kids who disappeared in Crystal Cove. And this is this could is they my, be the man crabs' first victims? They could be. They could, they definitely could, but we don't know how old Mr. Krabby is. Uh, and they also, there's a eight track tape in the message. This is why I think the episodes were out of order because in the previous episode, they got a CD. Oh, right. So as as their form of communication, so you'd think they would be going forward from the eight track to the CD. Right. Especially they make a, a bit of a to do about how they don't know how to use yeah. the eight track and Angel Fred, has to Fred step is, in. Fred is still uh, catatonic and he puts the eight track on a record player and drops and the needle. Tra- on drops the, the needle on. Yeah, it's it clearly doesn't. And Angel just job, rolls DJ. her eyes. Good and job. You're like, oh, okay, guys. Here. She's like, no, it's 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 an eight track. Thing. This is how and it Angel works. Dynamite had an eight track player. Of course she did. That's pretty awesome. That also makes me very happy. Um. So they're trying to figure. They get all this, these these random clues out of nowhere, and uh, they Mr. E could have helped with the missing. Angel Daphne? freaks out. Angel freaks out when she sees the the clipping. Oh, that's right. Because it's torn. It's not a complete picture, and uh, she uh, asked to see the torn newspaper, but uh, denies any knowledge after seeing it. Mm, I think she but, knows a little more than she's letting on. But she might, and. Uh, the, the for some reason, they decided to go to the Crystal Cove Library to uh, solve the man crab mystery. And this library looks like something out of uh, Batman the Animated Series. It looks like Batman should be standing atop this big gothic It is library. a pretty properly creepy library. But of course, Crystal Cove has an old creepy library. But it's huge. Yeah. It's like, almost like an insane These asylum. Are, I mean, just the uh, newspaper archives alone for the number of... Crimes and murders and supernatural goings-ons in this town would necessitate a huge, creepy old library. And they do. that. They go to a look up on a computer uh, to look pull up newspaper articles about uh, Trickles Trickwitz, Skipper Shelton, and the missing kids, trying to see, like you said, if it's all related. Um, and they decide uh, they're going to go to the caves that run under the beach where the a wooden stairwell to a trapdoor on the roof of a cavern is. Which they they they, they notice the caves, yeah. They point. There's all this uh, uh, scaffolding and infrastructure leading up to uh, the surface. Although, so. if the surface is the beach, I don't know how the roof is. Yeah, it's staying up. The if it's made of sand. Unclear. It's it, okay. I'll yeah, roll with it. It, it, there has to be a lot of 
support for that. Um, it's like the Gator Mines. It is just don't <laughs> maybe they're don't connected. read it too much. Maybe they're connected because uh, we, as we saw in the earlier episodes, there is a lot of underground tunnels in in uh, Crystal Cove. Um, so they're trying to find Daphne. They uh, and they do find Daphne. She's being oh, pardon me. She's being held uh, captive with the a, other teens in a cage with the other teens. We see Brenda and Dylan, and uh, I forgot. There's a seagull. Did we get a name for the other girl? There, there's a seagull in the cage because earlier in that episode we see a seagull get grabbed by the crab, <laughs> and we think maybe it's dead. But no, even just like the shark and uh, the trap before it, they, they they take care of their animal animals were harmed. That's good on this show, and that seagull is just hanging out with Daphne. <laughs> just that just kills me. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to hear that storyboard meeting. Yeah, but we're gonna have the no. The we're gonna seagull. keep the seagull. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but the game find them in a cage with Brenda Dillon, Daphne, and the vo- she's just called the volleyball player. Okay. She, yeah, she doesn't get a name yet. Uh, Fred quickly returns to normal after locating Daphne after everyone sa- is set free. <laughs> and after noticing the sweet, sweet cage. Yeah, the cage. Yeah, He's the, like, oh, man, that's a nice cage. Uh, Fred. <laughs> I, I think it was equal parts finding Daphne and the tra- He is really torn by his love of traps and uh, and maybe of Daphne. So he, set might, tra- he needs to set a trap for Daphne in his heart. That's coming up. All right. In a future episode. Uh, and the gang has to be 17 at, at this point. So they're going through some stuff hormonally, one would imagine, uh, with Velma leading the charge on that uh, uh, quite aggressively, actually. Um, wild chase with a man crab, because you got to have that in a Scooby-Doo cartoon. And the man, and the man crab uh, is, is, is caught with... They they escape back to the surface and they catch the man crab in the, or the that first trap that Fred set up. I guess they reset the trap with um, a volleyball net. With the volleyball net. Oh, is that Which, how they get him? Oh, they get him in the net and then in the the spring loaded trap. Yes, they, they race toward Fred's original trap and successfully sets off to catch the monster. And as it slams the the big there's like a big spring loaded platform that slams him into a giant like it looks like a cauldron. <laughs> it's a cauldron. Like it's I mean I assume that's supposed to be like for a crab boil. But that's, I mean, if it's a person in a mask, they're going to boil this man alive. Anyway, um, <laughs> as it smashes down, it, it rips off Thoughts uh, for another time. The, the giant crab arm and a couple of legs. Yeah. And you see, like, sparks and wires. Yeah. So it is, it is revealed that this is a robo-man crab, which is arguably much more terrifying. And, and, and then we get, yeah, then, then it gets really weird because they, uh, they go to take off the mask, as they often do. And uh, they think it's going to be Skipper Shelton, mm-hmm. and it is not. It's not. No, at, just as they're pulling the mask off, Skipper Shelton walks by. Yeah. And they're all confused. He was doing laundry or something. And then, Yeah, yeah. And then Daphne's like, well, actually, everyone, I've known who it was the whole time, and it's... It is Bud Shelton. Bud Shelton. The one we the, the the kid we saw earlier who was in the dressed as the giant bottle of water. Wait, so is that Skipper Shelton's son? It is nephew? not. They're not related, but they both have the same last name. Shelton and Sheldon, maybe? No, they're both Shelton. No? Okay. Like well, Blake Shelton. It's right. not confusing. It is not confusing at all. Uh, hopefully we'll get once again the writers and ask them what the, the thought was <laughs> behind so. that. But in a positive way. Uh, and, and a quick aside, we hear him talk for the really for the first time, uh, and it is the voice of Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Oh, uh, that's why it's That's Bud. why his name is Bud. And uh, which I think, once again, no one would really get that unless they read the credits. And that 
is the service we provide here at the Mystery Machine That's Diaries. why the credits are there, folks. We are unmasking the credits, if you will. <laughs> they have unmasked the villain, but we're unmasking the actors. Let well, that so, sink in. So Bud is the um, trick w- Trickles, Trickwood mascot. Yes. From earlier. But he is mad because he believes it was his original idea. He invented the trickle. He was partners. So he's trying to ruin the volleyball tournament to give trickles a bad name exactly. and ruin their business. So he came up with this elaborate plan, as they always do. But this one, like Chris said, this guy created armor. I mean, he basically that Tony showed him making Iron Man yeah. up a, a, a man crab I think he'd suit. make a lot more money doing he could that. Just, just sell that to the military. But yeah, it's well, and Daphne doesn't Daphne even have a line or Velma about like, wouldn't it have been easier to sue? Yeah, and he says it takes <laughs> too long. Back. Yes, it takes too long. Uh, lawyers take too long. Is yeah, what he because says. you know R and D on a king mecha crab is uh, you know easy peasy. But yeah, Not it shows him. It shows him in the laboratory, just like making an Iron Man suit, which I think is is great. It's, it's kind of great. Uh, they should really hire him on the team. He should be like the mystery machine mechanic if he weren't going to prison. Well, well, we will see people in prison. Work release program. We'll see uh, people that Mystery Inc. have have incarcerated later on that will come back in various capacities. So that's a great idea. Missed opportunity. You listening, writers? I know. The new shows? Direct to DVD. I know. We could get a Mystery Inc. third season. Stranger Things have happened. Like Stranger Things? Like Stranger Things. <laughs> Not at all like Scooby-Doo, but totally. Uh, and uh, his uh, meddling kids rant was, you meddling brats probing into my crustaceous-themed revenge scheme. Crustacean-themed revenge scheme. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, which, classic, classic uh, words for Bud Bundy. Uh, so they've wrapped up the mystery, and so they're hanging out at K-Ghoul, uh, Angel Dynamite's in the in the broadcast booth. Velma sits with Shaggy and Scooby, clearly displeased uh, at all the junk food that he's eaten throughout their adventure. And, oh, yeah, uh, she keeps nagging about his diet throughout this whole episode. And uh, Fred says he will uh, he'll never have feelings again. <laughs> oh, he, he apologizes for getting so upset at Daphne's disappearance. And she says, well, it's kind of sweet. And he's like, well, don't worry. I'll never feel feelings again. Which we Which, should all really... That's that's a fortune cookie. Lessons from Fred. Yes, Feelings. words of wisdom from Fred. Feelings are treasures. Keep them buried. So bury them. Uh, <laughs> uh, Daphne asked if uh, she missed anything when she was gone, and she did. Velma shows her the newspaper clipping with Mr. E that Mr. E sent. Uh, now, when Daphne sees this, she gasps and pulls out the locket that we found earlier that has uh, the two kids. The pictures of the, 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 the kids two, inside the locket. Yes, the two, ki- two of the kids in the... The article are two the kids. Uh, two yeah, the kids. matches the photo in the paper. Yes. So uh, intrigued, uh, Velma announces they've got another mystery to solve. Yes, yes, you do. Um, so they're super psyched that uh, there's a mystery within the mystery of who these kids were and why they went missing. And uh, in the background, our good gal pal uh, Angel Dynamite is listening in the sound booth, and uh, she's looking a little, she's, a little she's, shifty. She's looking a little shifty. Like, uh, something's up. She definitely knows uh, more than she's letting on. Uh, as most sassy DJs tend to do. I mean, in my experience, <laughs> any small town radio DJ uh, really has their finger on the pulse of the local um, underground mystery crime circuit. That's just a given. 
Now, as uh, as is tradition here at uh, the Mystery Machine Diaries, we rate these episodes on a pause scale uh, with a possibility of four paws, four, of course, being the best, and uh, it goes down from there. Christopher, Pup Chris, what would you, uh, what say thee? I'm going to give this one three paws up. I enjoyed wow, the episode. Three um, paws. I liked the villain, despite not really liking that he turned out to be kind of mechanized. Um, I like the twist at the end. Yeah, it's a very to me. It's a very classic Scooby Doo. Like clearly, it's not the guy you think it's going to be, and then it's just a random B list character that no one would <laughs> ever have thought it would be, who has like no motivation. They just kind of shoehorn it in. I like that. Um, chase sequence were good. The whole Jaws homage thing is good, and Fred's Fred's meltdown. I think that's the most character development we've gotten for Fred so far. Ever. Really, yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I really enjoyed it. It really humanized him, um, and he's got some great lines. He's funnier than he's been um, up to now. So, yeah, three paws up. Uh, I will also give it the three-paw treatment because it is based on my favorite movie, Jaws, so that automatically gave it a, a heads up. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's it's very creative, Um it, it moves, the, you know, I love it when it moves the, the, the overreaching plot forward. Yeah, we do get, I, I made a mistake earlier saying it's pretty standalone. It's not It's not that standalone. We get some good Mr. E action in this one. Great, great cameos, um, Bud Bundy, uh, Pebbles and Bam Bam, the other yes. ones we mentioned that we can't figure out, uh, the 90210 reference. But we will. But we will. Uh, also, a few things I forgot to mention. We found out that <laughs> Daphne's allergic to seafood. Oh, that's right. That's one of the reasons they figured. Um, that's that one of the reasons they Velma, that Velma figured it out is because she never, uh, she never had broke a reaction out. around crab man crab. Because we get a flashback uh, of Daphne at a wedding of one of her sisters, a sister we haven't seen before. So she has another sister. This is the no. We saw all four of them lined up briefly. Did. The astronaut. Yeah. Did we? Yeah. I thought well, she was a pilot, but apparently she's well, an astronaut. I believe it's another one. <laughs> Uh, another sister or one of the sisters we've seen, she's an astronaut marrying an astronaut. And uh, if you look at the scene, folks, you'll see that her uh, Daphne's father is wearing an outfit that makes him look like he's royalty of some kind. So maybe that's where they get their oh, money I from. That. Maybe. And I mean, they are getting married. In, like It looks like they're getting married in space, too. Or like in a space shuttle, at least. So and, uh, that's yeah. got to cost some bucks. And uh, when Daphne goes to eat shrimp... She gets shrimp from someone who looks like Isaac from the Love Boat. Ha. If you don't know who Isaac is from the Love Boat, he's uh, I actually do. I know this uh, one. African American gentleman with a lovely afro who was uh, the bartender on the Love Boat. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. I'm showing yeah, you a picture. Yeah, that's totally. I'm looking at the picture right now. That is totally Isaac from the Love Boat. That's great. And finally, Christopher, what's my favorite Scooby Doo movie? Uh, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. It sure is. Or. Attack of Zombie Island. It's Scooby Doo on Zombie it Island. It is on Zombie Island. I got it right the first time. And uh, the monster in the episode looks a lot like a uh, monster that appears in that film. Oh, nice! The, in, a, in one of the montages. So uh, bonus points. That's what that's what gives it a solid three paws. Excellent. Uh, and that is going to uh, wrap up another mystery from Crystal Cove, you meddling kids. But we do want to hear from you at the Mystery Machine Diaries. If there's something we forgot, uh, jinkies, if there's something we got wrong. Even uh, better. Even better. We want to learn. And uh, we want to hear from you. So message us on the Facebooks, on the Instagrams. Check out the the side-by-side comparison of... uh 13 Ghosts Daphne versus... Um, <laughs> speed Buggy Daphne. Speed, speed Buggy Daphne. 
check out. We're gonna have a picture of Mystery Machine Max, our uh, official mascot. That's right. And we will. Uh, yeah, let us let us know what's well, going on uh, in your Scooby universe. Yeah. Let us know what you're gonna do for uh, or what you did for the fiftieth. Yeah. Also, hopefully you guys because we still remember we still like have we that uh, contest going on. If you send us a picture of you and Scooby Doo of some sort to our Facebook or Instagram. We're going to pick a winner very shortly. A friend of yours dressed as Scooby-Doo counts. Yes. You taking shots at the bar with a uh, stuffed Scooby counts. <laughs> it um, sure does. Yeah. Any, any, uh, if it's on, a guys, date you had, it looks like Scooby. Oh, absolutely. Or Shaggy. Or you just meet a random dog on the street that's Scooby-ish. Oh, that we'll counts. take dogs. Yeah. But uh, we'll be announcing that in an episode or two. And as always, please follow us on Facebook, on, uh, on Instagram, and definitely subscribe to us. Your likes and follows mean a ton to us, you guys. It, it really does. helps us do what we're trying to do. So uh, please please hit those subscribe buttons. And uh, the more the more of you there are in the My Meddling Kid army, uh, the more powerful we become. <laughs> That's right. And uh, the more fun things we can do, the more uh, special guests we can get. And we do have a few special guests coming up very, very soon. Uh, probably after Halloween, uh, or maybe before Halloween. Ooh. I uh, know. Producer Daniel, special Halloween episode. Thumbs up from him. But uh, we're hopping back in the mystery machine, and we're going to take off, folks. So, as always, this is uh, your ghost host, Brad, saying uh, unpleasant dreams. Christopher? See you all next time. And our meddling producer, Daniel, is taking us out. 